My second guest this week is Dr. Diana Warner, a retired GP from Bristol. He, he actually said, um, how dare you do that in my courtroom? This is the most violent act you could have done to, to be tried in this magistrate's court. And he gave us three-month sentence. Diana is one of the most serious, thoughtful and committed climate activists you may ever meet. She has been arrested countless times, was in court twice this year and is due to make several more court appearances in the new year. Here she is talking about her experience in court and her subsequent imprisonment. I've been in court a few times this year, um, mainly answering plea hearings about Insulate Britain. So that was sitting on the junctions of the M25 or the M25 itself um, two or three times and also gluing my hand um, to the motorway at times so that the protest, so that the resistance really would last a little longer. Sorry, can I just ask you just quickly, what was that experience like for you? I'm assuming you don't enjoy doing that. No. No. <laughs> no, it's sort of dipping into your courage again and again. And actually, I, I went on, I can't remember how many times, but more than 10. And towards the end, um, I started feeling, well, I was quite often feeling sick before I went on the on and um towards the end it was really hard so I was very glad that we stopped we stopped just before COP 27 because um and the the rationale was that insulation um is hugely important as we now are all finding mm-hmm. um in order to reduce oil and gas consumption and um 14% of carbon emissions come from insulating homes. So it's a big deal. It's also a big deal regarding fuel poverty. So as we're, you know, more and more people are now finding having to choose between eating and heating and that that's really incredibly wrong. So um, we the plan was really to embarrass the government as well before COP, as well as to to bring this problem to the fore, which people struggle with individually. They don't realise how, how it's a sort of basic social problem built into our system and doesn't have to be like that. Mm. So the, to embarrass the government before they hosted COP27, um, the reason we went again and again was either to get them to change or to put us in prison, which they didn't do until after COP27. Right, OK. And that's how you found yourself in court. Could you just tell us what a plea hearing is? Because people wouldn't necessarily know. I didn't okay. know. I had to look no. it up. OK. <laughs> um, that's to say whether you're guilty or not guilty. Right. So okay. I mainly pleaded not guilty because... I was, because, you know, I had a reason for doing it and that was a very important reason. Mm. Um, so the the occasion that um, 
I was in prison for, I glued my hands in the courtroom to the partition between the dock where I was standing and the court. So how did that happen? You would take, where, where, did, where were you standing? I'm surprised they didn't search you for glue, actually. Well, now they are searching everyone very thoroughly. I bet they are. Mm. Although, you know, they're not doing such a search that, you know, determined people, if they mm. wanted to, couldn't take glue in, mm. I think. But I think the time for that, people have moved on from that. The, the whole process of resistance is adaptation, seeing how things go, raising the profile, then doing something else. So what we were doing at that point was um, helping the courts to understand, really, the court officers, the judges, the lawyers, that, in fact, you know, we're... They're using up their resources by trying us, you know, for one incident at a time when... People are on remand waiting in the queue for their court hearings because there just aren't the facilities enough. They've sold off the court buildings a lot. And, um, and you know, we're not, they're not really safeguarding people. They're not, they're not using the law. There are laws. They're not using them to combat climate change. And protect, you know, protect our children's future. I think what happened to you, just to go back to the hearing, because it's just, I think it is quite relevant. You glued yourself to the court and then the judge, by all accounts, I mean, he, what did he say to you? Okay. Did you tell us what happened? So initially when you're glued, you're actually arrested and taken away. Okay, so before I had glued myself in the courtroom, I spoke about... Two, two high-profile people who weren't high-profile enough, who have really sacrificed themselves. Who are you speaking to? Are you speaking to a jury? or I'm speaking to, to the, the judge, judge when I do my plea hearing right. to say yeah, I'm course. not guilty. And I spoke out of turn. Right. Okay. Because you're just okay. meant to say your name and guilty or not guilty. Right. And, but I did... T- this was a different judge, a, a female judge... Um, who actually really listened. I spoke about Angus Rose, an um, English man and uncle, who had gone on hunger strike mm. in, in Parliament Square. I think you I remember, about, about yes, that yes, previously. absolutely. But, but if you wouldn't mind just saying a little so bit quickly. for people who don't know, yeah. He, um, he had something like a 50-plus day hunger strike, something that actually will quite long-term injure his health, speaking as a retired Mm. doctor. And just in order for... to to ask to plea with the government that all the MPs be briefed properly on climate change, the same briefing that Boris Johnson had been given prior to COP that temporarily made such an impression on him. So, So... it's, he's gone that far, really. Um, and then there was a second person at, a, at the similar time in front of the Supreme Court of the USA called Wynne Bruce, who actually 
self-immolated. He, he set fire him, to himself and died of his burns in order to show the court how serious um, the ecocide law that they were arguing about in court that was going through the process in the Supreme Court, how really serious and life-changing it was. So life in the balance. And those two affected me deeply. I completely understood where they were coming from. And that's what I said in court. And that's what I was talking about, the importance of insulation. Then I, along with two other people, glued our hands in the courtroom. So we were arrested and removed and released and called back to a trial. So two of us, Anna and myself, were called back to a separate trial. And in that trial, the judge wasn't allowing Anna's barrister to say anything about climate change. He completely shut her up very rudely. Um, But I was self-representing, and what I could say was what I'd said in the courtroom previously. And I So I spoke about Angus, Angus, Rose Rose, and Wynne Bruce and as soon as I finished and tried to say a bit more he shut me up and then um, found us guilty of criminal damage which was leaving a glue handprint on the courtroom furniture and he he actually said "Um, how dare you do that in my courtroom this is the most violent act you could have done to, to be tried in this magistrate's court. And he gave us three-month sentence. Oh, it's just incredible, isn't it? So it's, it's like the doubling down that, mm. that Vasily mentioned before. You know, some people have this incredible reaction, an incredible anger to, to their authority being challenged. And mm. I can only think that this is what happens with him. And especially, you know, we were women. Uh, yeah. So, but I don't know. I can't read his mind. But he had this anger which came out as we were violent. And even though I told him afterwards, when before he sentenced, that I was about to go and see my mother in Oxford straight from the courtroom because I was worried that she was seriously ill and... You know, she'd got had an operation and got worse, and I was worried that she may not survive. So I wanted to go and see her, but he still sentenced us to prison. I'm really happy to say she got better. She's really yeah. strong. But, um, you know, that was hugely upsetting. Yeah. And, um, yes, and I was going to talk about the experience in prison because... Um, This this last time in prison um, affected me much more. It affected me physically and emotionally, um, partly because the food sapped my physical health because it was so poor. I was moved around a lot, so I couldn't get settled. 
Um, so I couldn't sort of supplement my diet from what's called the canteen. I couldn't buy anything because I kept missing missing it. Um, people, in fact, I had a chat with with a lady on the bus coming here who's who, who was on her way to work at Hawfield Prison. Oh, right. And um, as a ancillary staff, she was a receptionist or something, admin staff. And I said, "Oh, how how's the how how's the staffing level at Hawfield? Are there enough prison officers?" And she said, "No, it's they're short." And what had happened in the all the all the women's prisons I went to was because of the the short staff. Um, we were everyone was much longer in their cells because there just weren't enough staff. Um, Yeah, I was going to say, and, and, you know, the extra things were cut. So all, all the um, sort of help we prisoners got was purely from each other. And the prisoners, the prison officers who stayed, because it, you know, once you get to a certain low level of staffing, as I've seen in the NHS, the people who stay... The, peop- the prison officers who stayed were the most dedicated and they were frustrated because they couldn't do mm. their job properly. Mm. And the others seemed to be much more sadistic than the average oh, prison officer. So it was really yeah. very unpleasant on that occasion. It's complete, And anyway, it's completely punitive. Um, lots, I had felt, I felt, not different from the other women this time. I must, I must admit, I, I maintained my sort of white doctor privilege the first time I was in prison. But this time, um, getting to know people better, I realised, no, I'm not different from any of the other women. Um, many of them are there who shouldn't be. They... Um, you know, especially women are imprisoned much more quickly. And this is important to say that uh, a probation officer told me that uh, women are imprisoned for, or for supposed or crimes that men will be given community service for. So, is it, Can I just ask, do you think that's because people expect more of women? Do they expect higher standards of women or something? That's what the probation officer had said. But also, mm, I don't know, I, mean, I think there's this, you know, inbuilt, you know, putting down of women mm, in this system. Mm. So I don't think that's the whole thing, mm. personally. Were you that. in the same prison as Anna? Were you allowed to be together? Were you with any other climate activists at all? Well, Anna was the only other climate activist at that time. We were in the same prison. We happened to be on different units, um, although we did see each other occasionally in the exercise yard where we have, you know, an hour's exercise Mm. um, daily, most days, not every day, depending, you know, if staffing levels are too short. Um, But then I was moved. So I was moved, I, I experienced four prisons in those six weeks. That's partly partly because I had other court hearings. And whenever I went to a court hearing, I went back to a different prison. 
and the last time because they they wanted me in the local Bristol prison Eastwood Park before I was released yeah right and you're going back to court in the new year aren't you yeah so how how many court cases have you got pending do you know um can you keep track Yes, I keep track of them. They are in my head. So I've got a long one in January. Um, Perhaps the most controversial in people's minds, I threw paint at um, Lib Dem and Conservative Party headquarters. Right. And I also threw... I was planning... I can't say much then, more than this... Mm. um, to throw paint at trade union buildings, actually including the British Medical Association, because at that time, um, at at that time, doctors... I mean, I'd had a sort of revelation, I think I spoke last time, that we weren't protecting... We weren't looking after public health. Because you made a promise, didn't you? You made a promise to a baby... That's right. I remember you saying, I'm going to protect you. I'm yeah, going to I'm try going and do, to, or, or rather, I'm going to do as much as I can, can to, to, to um, you know, protect you from the worst effects of the climate and ecological emergencies. I, mm. I, I vowed that baby mm. to that baby, yes. So, and I realised that we weren't doing it as a medical profession. And so, um, yeah. Okay. Are you likely to go to prison for any of those? Do you know? Who knows? Who knows? It's okay. t- a lot depends on the judge, doesn't it? A lot depends. And the jury. Some and the jury. And, and because imprisonable offences usually go before a jury. And I've got several, four jury trials. The last... But, but having said that, last week, amazingly, the jury found insulate Britain protesters who'd sat on roads not guilty yes even though the judge didn't the judge say you cannot we there, there'll be no talk of climate change and it, it wasn't allowed to be part of the part of their thinking was it but is that well, right how can you remove it from no, people's I know, thinking I know, I know, I know. it wasn't be allowed to be part of their defense but uh, that's what but I, they yeah. presented themselves they informed the jury as much as they could what was at stake and then in summing up the judge would have said well they've got no defense in law he's taken all our defenses away or the justice system I would say conspires to remove the defenses of freedom of expression and freedom of speech and necessity away from um, climate pro- mm. civil resistors. Mm. So, in spite of him saying these people have no defence in law, I mean, the jury um, look at you know the jury still found them not guilty, mm. which mm. was absolutely wonderful and good for them. Even though they were a London jury, so some of them may have been they would have known mm. there would have been effects of um which actually in the scale of things are huge are really minor of of the protest mm. in the scale of um 
the amount of shifting of consciousness that Insulate Britain did on fuel poverty and climate, the, the, the actual consequences of the of the you know of of the actions on the ground on the on the motorways and the main roads are minute mm. really in comparison mm. to it's very interesting because it, it it does feel like we're we're coming up against a really overt opposition now of of our sort of justice system and policing which so often does seem to be about protecting property um and business against the sort of public concern now for uh, about what's happening um, with with global heating, and it's quite interesting seeing that, that where those different people have their power, as in the jury, or if the judge happens to be somebody who's sympathetic to the cause, and it's really mm, yes. And um, what I would say is that because one of the Extinction Rebellion aims is for citizens' assemblies. Mm. They are like juries, in fact, in that they are fully informed about all, all the things. They can ask questions and come up with what is more humane, more reasonable, more logical, mm. really, mm. outcomes. And um, perhaps, you know, one of the things mooted is that the second chamber, the House of Lords, could be a citizens' assembly, and and that is something mm. that we could really mm. everyone could get together and really demand. Absolutely, I had um, Rich Rippin from Sortation, the Sortation Sortition, Sortition Foundation, yeah. um, talking about you know their their aim to get I know to get the elected um, uh, sorry a, a sort of a citizens' chamber. Chamber of Citizens would mm. be fantastic. We are, as Diana's pointing out her watch, you're quite right. We, we are, we're, we're pretty much out of time. Um, Diana, I'm, I, you know, personally, I feel very, very grateful to you for doing what you're doing. I, I can't imagine how, well, I do know because I have stopped, I've helped to stop traffic and I really, really hated it. And it was only really quite small scale a few years ago. It's it's a really difficult thing to do because you get so much hostility. Um, so, well, thank you for all you're doing. Thank you. Good I, luck. I did want to say one thing. You know, there are very few of us who are acting, you know, in, in that way. We need people like Vasily, uh, everybody protecting their own environments, but we also need everybody... You know, everyone's got to take responsibility now. Mm. We, everyone has to have, has to find out what's going on, and you can um, you can support us. You can support people in prison. You can raise the profile of what's what's happening to us, or you, and you can look at what you need to do in your own communities or what you can do. Everyone needs needs to take part now. There's there's no. I, I don't think there's a real choice in this matter anymore. Mm.